Assalamu alaikum brothers and sisters, I pray you're all well inshallah Alhamdulillah, it's a beautiful day, we're getting closer and closer to the month of Ramadan at the time of recording I don't know when you're going to be watching this, but I promise you it's going to be a beneficial les- listen for you Now, you're probably wondering, why is uh, Ustad uh, Shabir not speaking today? Why is he not the one introducing? Well, today we've flipped the script a bit and I'm going to be your host for the day Mia, and I'm going to be interviewing or speaking with uh, Ustad Shabir. So, Alhamdulillah, you know, before uh, Ustad, I, I ask you to uh, uh, give us a few comments. I just want to tell the audience, I've had the pleasure of uh, learning from Ustad um, when I was trying to reconnect with the Quran. You know, life is a very, life's very busy, but we always try and make time to reconnect with the Quran. So, Ustad, I know, you know, you. It's, You've basically dedicated your life now to propagating Islam and to helping people reconnect with the Quran, reconnect with the teachings of Islam and trying to make it as easy uh, for people to do that, trying to facilitate it in many different ways. Alhamdulillah, you're involved with many different programs as well and projects. And I know you're launching uh, something very exciting soon, which I want to talk about uh, today. Um, but I want to focus on uh, really uh, connecting with the Quran. Um, so this time of year, right? Mm. Uh, we're coming up to the month of Ramadan, but not just that. You know, 2020 has been a big year as well. 2020 has been a time when people have tried to reflect on their own life. They've tried to reflect on themselves as Muslims. Uh, They've tried to come closer to the deen. They've tried to come closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's been a time full of trials and tribulations. And, you know, it's a time where your patience has really been tested and people have tried to have sabr to the best of their abilities. And I know, you know, me as an individual, my friends, I've even had friends who have said to me, Taurus, I know I'm meant to have sabr, but I read the Quran every single day and I still don't know how to have sabr. What am I missing? So mm. start, I, wa- I wanted to focus our conversation today around that, around having patience, around having sabr and around, you know, stories from the Quran uh, that can help us and how we can utilize the teachings of the Quran. Uh, to to help us through these trialing times, not just now, but life. Life is full of trials. Um, And I think uh, when we are able to really connect with the Quran, we're able to make better use of it. And I know you can uh, help us out with that today, inshallah. And it's a a project that you're working on. So, Ustad, I'll pass it over to you, inshallah. I I think I've given you a very big question to start off with there as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I think that's that's an excellent question. Firstly, I just want to say thank you for having me on. Um, you know, it's, it's been a dream of mine to be on the Ilmfi podcast for a long time. So <laughs> I, I appreciate you having me on, man. Um, no, I think, um, you know, you're right. And that that one comment that you made that your friend asked you is actually something that, you know, I, I would probably say it's safe, safe to say that all of us have asked that question at some point in our lives, um, including myself. And it's a question that I get almost every single day to this day is, how do I connect with the Quran when we're being told, you know, it's, it's, it's so easy, right? When you're going through difficulty, it's so easy for the other person who do, who's advising to say, have sabr, it's okay, things will get better. But at that point, you, what you're going through, you're just thinking in, in your mind like, yeah, but it's, it's easy for you to say that, you know, like you don't know what I'm going through right now. Um, and this is actually something that used to happen even in the time of the Prophet Islam. Um, you know, where where people were suffering and they would be told, have patience and so on. So what was the what was the answer for them? I think, you know, we know that the Quran provides us with the answers, right? Um, and there's many amazing messages in the Quran. And yes, turning to the Quran does give you a sense of, you know, of, of solace and of, of peace. Just opening up the Quran and just reciting, even if you have no idea what you're reciting, it can, you know, and, and not it can, it definitely does help. You know, and you get reward just for reciting it. You know, there is blessings upon blessings that are sent down upon you, etc. But my point is that the real life questions that we have, right? Um, the questions like, you know, uh, I, I, you know, how do I recover from heartbreak? You know, mm. how do I um, overcome like, you know, dips in like my spirituality? You know, like real questions. Is yeah. that being answered just by just by reading the Quran, right? Um, and and the answer that I'm sure many of you would know is 
that not necessarily you're still kind of wanting to know more and that's what the quran does the quran actually leaves you wanting to know more the quran's not just going to give you you know one read and that's it you're sorted you never have to turn to the quran yeah. again each chapter you turn to will give you different answers so this is where i call it the um in terms of us trying to connect with the quran and the percentage i call it the 95% so what do i mean by that is basically 95% of us yeah. can't connect with the quran on a deeper level because we don't understand the arabic language we can't access the the true divine message of the quran there's 5% um that are out there that you know mashallah scholarly figures have mastered oh, the yeah. arabic language 5 5% of the ummah right i'm not even talking in uk i'm talking about generally right yeah. um, but 95% i would say don't have that privilege where does that leave us then because then if we're saying the quran is only for the 5% then that's really problematic because Allah mm. sent the Quran to the whole of humankind and we are trying to say that only the scholarly individuals and the learned ones can can understand and and appreciate the Quran but the rest of us were just left like in the dark still that's not that's not fair in fact that goes completely against the the true purpose of the Quran right so coming back to the question um there's there's so many things we can discuss here right number one like how do does the normal average person who doesn't know arabic connect with the Quran My first of course piece of advice would be try your best to learn and study right that's that's yeah. without saying i'm not saying that we just make excuses now uh we'll we'll find another way we'll find a shortcut there's no shortcuts that's number one, right so we have to still try our best you know if it's not learning arabic then sitting in some tafsir courses you know english lectures or you know nowadays on youtube you have so many things so try that much at least then we it comes to the translation of the quran right um which is what most of us end up doing we end up finding some random translation uh yeah. we end up reading the translation and that's like that's our taster of knowing the meaning of the quran but sometimes yeah? the translation is like confusing as well because yeah. it's like in a format that we don't understand and yeah it just sometimes it puts you off absolutely you're right and yeah the, you know and that's the thing with translations i always tell my mm-hmm. students that translations are a human effort of interpreting right it's 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 mm. you know it's not it's not the the translation is not the quran let's get that yeah. straight yeah the quran is the divine message that was revealed in arabic that has not changed a single letter to this day but the translations of course in the 1970s if there was a translation it's going to be different to the 2000 version of the translation 2010 mm. 2020 version because language evolves right arabic yeah. the divine message allah says that we reveal the quran in arabic and surah yusuf actually begins with that you know inshallah we'll discuss a bit about surah yusuf that's one of the first verses inna anzalnahu qur'anan arabiya right that's the divine message but the rest of it is human efforts and interpretation so you'll get your verily low thou translations right and then nowadays <laughs> you'll get your you'll get your other translations right which are you know some of them today are very interpretive like it's actually yeah. moving away from the core message and it's more interpretive there's more brackets there's more this additions that so again we're not saying that is the quran we're just saying that is a, a, a scholarly mashallah amazing effort for us mm. to to connect but that's not going to give you everything right so if you don't understand one word in arabic for example that is giving you layer upon layer upon layer of meaning then you know it's uh, that english word that you find that's a basic box standard translation is not is not doing justice to it but having said that look let's not we're not here to bash translations because they're amazing mm. efforts that is the first step for me really i always tell my students that still open up a translation and find one that of course suits you i'm not saying to find anyone you know again consult with your teacher imam scholar whatever and ask them can you recommend a good translation for our time they'll they'll recommend one and read through that translation but not just read through it um again the approach should be not to read the translation from uh beginning to end so like start from surah al-fatiha then baqarah then this and that like you know because the quran remember is not a story book where mm. you is supposed to be uh, well of course you know unless you're doing a khatam of the quran you're trying to complete it of course you can read it from beginning to end but the purpose is not to just read it from beginning to end and you're not actually going to really understand much or appreciate it and um, there's a way and, and and this brings us to the background of the quran which i think is is really important which we, i know again yeah. we'll touch on um how the quran was revealed in stages and so on but yeah my my number one step i would say is read a translation find a good translation read that translation follow it 
by listening to another good reciter and follow that transition. And all you have to do is just reflect, right? Mm. Reflect on what? Okay, this is, again, where I would say don't just reflect on any surah because some verses, they require, like, a lot of explanation. You know, it's talking about this ruling. Like, you know, you read a verse from Surah An-Nisa, right, the chapter of woman, and, you know, it's got a verse, a whole long verse or a set of verses about inheritance, right? Mm. And you're there, like, scratching your head, like, it's talking about fractions and this and that, right? And you're just like, okay, so how do I... What do I take away from this first? That that stuff you need to leave for the experts to sit yeah. down with you and explain. But you've got other chapters in the Quran that are talking about like general things like sabr, patience, mm. like shukr, gratitude, right? Like, you know, istiqama, steadfastness, um, like, you know, uh, having azam, you know, having like um, determination when you do things. Like, these are like general beautiful lessons that you can sit there and reflect like, okay, you know, Allah is talking about sabr here. You know, how much sabr do I have? You know, when I'm driving and somebody cuts me, you know, uh, from, from you know, somebody comes from behind and just cuts me, right? You know, on, on Whitechapel Road or something, right? It just overtakes you. Know, like, you. Yeah, it just overtakes. Like, what do, you know, how do I respond in that moment, mm. right? Do I lose it at that point? Do I say things that aren't very nice, right? Do I start getting aggressive? Or do I say, you know what, it's okay. It's fine. We'll go get over it. Like, that's a testing of your patience on a very small scale. And then you've got yeah, the... The more extreme, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. And one one thing that you mentioned there, it, it got me thinking. So, going back slightly to the translations, right? You mm. said that they were the translations were done at different times, and obviously the Quran was revealed at a particular time, and it was revealed in stages. Yeah. Now, is there a wisdom behind the revelation of the Quran in the stages that it was revealed in? Because obviously we know that some surahs were revealed in Makkah, some surahs were revealed in Medina after Hijra, etc. Yeah. Is there a reason for this order of revelation? And do you think that this order of revelation allowed the companions of the Prophet ﷺ and those who were you know, being uh, given dawah to, to accept and understand the Quran better? Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. Um, you know, it, we can spend a lot of time just talking about the benefits and wisdoms behind the, the gradual revelation of the Quran, because we know the Quran was revealed over a period of 23 years, right? Um, yeah. And, you know, that's, that's a long time. Think about 23 years is a long time for sometimes a, f- a few verses would be revealed, sometimes a short chapter would be revealed, sometimes entire chapters, sometimes just like one verse or part of a verse would be revealed, right? Yeah. Um, and the amazing thing about the Quran was it and the thing that I love and appreciate most about the Quran is it really took its audience into consideration. So if you think about the audiences throughout, and of course, today, the Quran, you know, relates to us more than ever, even though we aren't from 1400 years ago, you know, pre-Islamic Arabia, right? We're not from that time. We're from a different time, different place, whatever. But the Quran still relates to us. But to, to appreciate this wisdom really does help. So I'll give an example. You mentioned Mecca, Medina, right? So the Quran... Um, was being revealed, you know, we know that the Muslims, you know, the message of the Quran started in Mecca, right? Prophet mm. was at the age of 40, he received revelation, right? Yeah. Then for the following 13 years, right, the Muslims are going through loads of, let's just focus on Mecca for now. So mm. for 13 years, Muslims are going through what? Lots of persecution, you know, at the hands of Quraysh and, you know, there's this new message, they're getting laughed at, literally they're getting mocked, like, seriously, you guys are like following this this man, right? This is like magic. This is poetry. This is, you know, sorcery, whatever, right? They're, they're calling him a madman and all of these things. Now, they're going through so many... 13 years is not a short period of time. In those 13 mm. years, like, tons of different incidents um, take place. Now, what the Quran loads was doing... Loads, right? Loads. Yeah. So, what the Quran was doing was, whenever there was an incident, a lot of times the Quran was... Allah was revealing a set of verses to directly deal with that particular incident that has taken place. Mm. So as an example, you know, the Prophet ﷺ, he is, um, you know, feeling really upset. He's feeling really low because the, his own people are basically laughing at him, saying, you know, uh, you are a madman. Right? Imagine mm. people are calling you crazy, right? Like that's not a nice thing to hear. And they're calling you, you know, oh, you're just making this stuff up, you know, whatever. So the Prophet ﷺ feeling really upset and low. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reveals verses in the Quran that basically you know, 
uh, that basically respond to Quraysh and defend the Prophet's honor. Like, no, he is not a madman. You know, this is a revelation. He did not write this himself, right? You know, Allah reveals uh, surahs and chapters like Wadduha, right? Surah Al-Muzammil, beautiful chapters mm. where when the Prophet hears it, right, he feels really content now and he's motivated. And then he recites it to the, the Muslims, the companions, and they hear it and they're like, wow, that helps mm. us. Now, my point is that think about how the Prophet was was you know feeling at ease when he heard this right yeah and how the companions felt at ease and that's what we're supposed to be feeling today but we're not coming back to the original question right yeah so do you, do, you, I mean? do you feel that the prophet was feeling obviously the prophet was receiving direct revelation from allah subhanahu right. wa ta'ala so it was really easy for him to connect with the right. revelation that was coming and then the companions they were you know they were the next in line to receive yeah. this revelation so they've got the prophet sallallahu giving them uh, mm. this new revelation that's just come for us today though we're reading these words you know yeah. how are we supposed to read these words and then get that same impact reflect on them the same way that the prophet sallallahu did that the companions may allah be pleased with them how they reflected it how are we supposed to do that now Right. So, and another very good question. So how we're supposed to be doing that is you're right. Of course, the Prophet was the direct recipient and the and the Muslims were the first hand audience of the Quran. Right. So, of course, you know, and and they knew their Arabic, you know, like that was their language. That was their lingo. So they, they were able to, to understand. Right. Um, and appreciate it. And they were going through it at that time. So this is where I'm saying that understanding this nuance, this small kind of difference between Makkah and Medina is your first start. So you will see, even when you open up the Mus'haf, right, it yeah. will actually tell you Surah this, Makkiyah, Surah such and such, Madaniyah. It literally mm. says in the Mus'haf, if you look at it, right, um, next time you open the Mus'haf, just, you know, for, for anybody listening, try try and find this, right? So it will say, for example, Surah Al-Muzammil, Makkiyah, Surah Al-Duha, Makkiyah. And then you'll find Surah Al-Baqarah, Madaniyah, you know, uh, mm. Surah Al-Hujurat, Madaniyah. Now, this shows you something that those surahs that say Madani, they're the later surahs, the later revelations, right? Now, the later revelations in Medina, remember, this is after good 13 years, more than a decade in Mecca, right? Mm. Um, you know, they've now migrated, they now established their own Muslim community, right? Now, Allah is basically, you know, He's telling them that you guys are ready now, you're ready for the ruling. So, all of these verses about zakat and about you know, um, salah and, you know, about riba, financial transactions, you know, all this complicated stuff is you're all going to find in those surahs. But then look at the Makkan surahs. And this is why I say, like, as Muslims, think about the Sahaba, the journey that they were on. When they first became Muslim, when they first started, you know, we love using the word practicing, so let's just use that word. Yeah. I don't like that term, right? But let's just use that term. That's when they first started practicing their faith. They're very new and they're trying to establish themselves and they're going through difficulties, Right. The surahs that were revealed at that time, that's the Makkan chapters. Mm. So today, when we find ourselves in that same place where we're trying to start practicing our faith and connect with our faith and we're going through difficulties, don't go to Surah Al-Baqarah where, uh, you know, again, subhanAllah, we're talking about the Quran here, right? So, of course, yeah. any part of the Quran is amazing. But I'm of saying course. that to, for you, for it to relate to you, if you mm. go to Surah Al-Baqarah and you start reading the verses about um, uh, usury and interest and uh, divorce and marital law, that's not going to affect you as much as this, the, the, the most simple messages in the Makkan uh, chapters, mm. right? Which is talking about patience, which is talking about steadfastness, which is talking about how to respond in these situations. Those are the ones that are going to affect you the most. Now, let me tell you something really interesting. Majority of the Makkan chapters, i.e. the ones that were revealed before migration in Makkah in those early years, majority of them are actually told through stories. This is something mm. which, which is amazing, right? Uh, to the extent that some of the scholars say that almost one-third of the Qur'an is is stories. One-third of the Qur'an is just stories, right? Why do, why do you think that was that was done? Like, you know, what do you think the wisdom behind do, revealing these surahs or doing them mm. in a story format is? Yeah, so this is this is the way I like to explain it, right? You have, you know, you have children, right? So you have nephews, nieces, children of your own, right? And 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 you know, you might see kids. So when, whenever you come across a child, right? What's what's the first thing? You know, what what do children love, right? What do children love to hear? 
number oh, one thing I they love to I was get about is to say chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> right. In terms of like, you know, in terms of education wise, what's yeah. the most effective way of, of reaching out to a child? It's gonna be through stories, right? Every yeah. child loves stories. Okay. Um, before they go to bed, you read them a story. And a lot of these stories, what they're actually doing is there's a greater benefit. When you're telling them these stories, it's not really for the story itself. It's maybe because you're trying to improve their literacy skills. You know, yep. you're trying to get them to learn new words or the story has many lessons. Right. You know, like, you know, when we were kids, we used to have like fables and all of these stuff. Right. The you're learning and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. Right. So you're learning like general kind of life lessons, which is great. Now, the way I see it is the the Sahaba, the companions in Mecca, which mm. were they were the minority, there's not many of them, right? They were children, not in terms of age, but they were children in terms of their faith. Yeah. Right? So in terms of being Muslim, they were only like one or two years old, right? I mean, yeah. we're talking about 20, 30-year-olds here, 40-year-olds, 50-year-olds, but really in terms of their Islam, their journey of Islam, they were only two, three, four, five years old. And that's... Mm. That's a kid, right? Even if you're 10 years old, you're still very young. You still appreciate yeah. stories. So it's like what Allah was trying to do was reveal stories to the Prophet and to them because that's the most effective way. Now, the whole point of stories in the Quran, it's not like, you know, uh, Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter where it's like, you know, you've got this whole thing going on and it's like beginning, happily ever after, all of these things, right? St- the Quranic stories are quite straightforward. They give you the mm. details that you need to know. And the whole point is, as Allah tells us in the Quran, لَقَدْ كَانَ فِي قَصَصِهِمْ الْأَلْبَابِ That, you know, that in their stories, in their narratives, there are lessons for the people who truly understand, right? Which is very, you know, very interesting verse because A, Allah is telling us the purpose of stories in the Quran. So the answer mm. is there, which is, it's so that you can take lessons. It's not so that you can sit there and be like, so um, Yusuf, السلام, did he get married to the minister's wife in the end? Like, did he have any children? What was his children's names? You know, these are things the Quran doesn't tell us that. So why are you going to sit right. there and be, you know, trying to come up with your own theories here, right? Oh, the people of the cave. You know, where is that cave today? You know, can I find it today? How many of them were there? Why is there a dog there in the story for? Was that dog a, a Rottweiler or a Dalmatian? Or, you know, like... Basically <laughs> looking at these random details whilst yeah. missing the point completely. Missing the point, exactly right. So Allah tells us, it's take the lessons that I've given you. And B, and B is the people who are really going to appreciate these lessons are the people of understanding, like people who sit down and really reflect. And that's something that we're missing today, right? Ramadan is coming. We focus a lot on what? Reading the Quran, which is amazing. You get lots of reward. But we neglect just reflecting over the Quran. We, we just read a story and we never actually sit there and think to ourselves, what did I just learn from this story of Yusuf or Maryam? or Luqman, or, you know, whoever it may be, you know, Ibrahim. Like, what what, what, what was the benefit of me reading that story? But even if it's a translation, by the way. Yeah, so Sad, what would you say? Is it better for someone to try and read the Quran from hmm. start to finish as many times as they can in the month of Ramadan? Or hmm. is it better for them to try and read it once with understanding? Yeah. Um, so I, I know I know the answer I normally give because this is an open plan. I don't want to be here like dictating or mm. you know telling you what what is what is what you shouldn't should be or shouldn't be doing because I don't feel like I'm in a position to do that. But what I generally advise um, is that you know if you if you're able to you know complete many completions of the Quran, alhamdulillah, you know that's that's you know that's your reward with Allah. But what I generally advise, like my students, is you know. Do it once minimum, of course. Ramadan is a month of Quran. If you if you can do it, you know, once, twice, or whatever, that's fine, alhamdulillah. But the rest of your time should be engaging with the Quran on a more meaningful and personal level. And you can only do that, and, and it takes a lot of time. I mean, just reading the Quran beginning to end takes a lot of time. Imagine then sitting through a translation and then trying to reflect over that. Again, I'm not saying you have to do the whole Quran reflection, but pick, as you're reciting the Quran, pick those Makkan chapters. Let's start with the Makkan chapters because they were the first ones to be revealed in chronological order, right? And we're still children in our education, in our learning, right? Yeah. In that sense. So pick the Makkan chapters. How do you figure out the Makkan chapters? It's easy. Just look at the beginning or just mm-hmm. Google it. It will literally tell you which one majority of the Makkan. Or pick the stories. Let's start with that, right? So we know the famous stories in the Quran. When you read those stories, right, what you should do is just sit there and read it carefully, slowly, right? Right. And then just think about, wow, okay, so, 
you know, Yusuf Islam was thrown into a well by his own brothers, um, and he was just in the middle of nowhere. And like, what can I learn from that? Like, I'm going through difficulty, right? You know, Maryam salam, she, you know, literally was there by herself. She's a single mother. She's by herself. And she had to give birth to Isa salam. And then she had to go back to her people and her people were accusing her of doing something really wicked and evil, right? Mm. And how, how how is she dealing with that? You know, as a single mother, can I can I relate to Maryam? You know, as someone who has toxic family members, can I relate to what Yusuf Ali was going through? You see, so you can like you can you can put your own spin, and that's the beautiful thing about reflection in the Quran. Technically, I mean, again, I have to be careful with my wording here, but there's no like right or wrong answer with general lessons. Yeah. I'm not saying you you pick up the Quran and you say right. I'm going to start giving fatwas like this is halal, this is haram based on my reading of a translation. We we, we avoid that. But general mm. reflections and lessons, of course, you can learn from that. And you can even put it into your own perspective and say, right, this is this is what I've learned. And, 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 and as long as those lessons are good, general lessons, no problem with that. So for somebody who maybe hasn't done this yet, who hasn't mm. gone through the Quran, um, and like we said, 95% are you know the ones who haven't been given the ability yet or haven't mastered the ability yet to fully understand the Quran or understand it to a certain degree. Mm. So for those who are going to try and do this now, to try and reflect on verses of the Quran, where do you suggest that they start? Okay, but also looking at the fact that, you know, we said uh, a large proportion of the Quran is of stories. Mm. Uh, and children less learn Not even just children actually will start I would go as far as saying Even adults, right? Yeah We learn from stories To the point where like now Movies are stories, okay? Exactly You know, the, the books that we read They're stories Even when you're trying to articulate A certain point to somebody uh, You'll tell it in a story fashion So I think everybody still learns Quite well from stories Because you get mm. you, it delivers the message well Which story would you advise people To focus on if they're going to go and start doing this for the first time they're like all right i've listened to the Umfid podcast i want to focus on the quran now i want to reflect let me begin with a particular story which one's the best story to go for yeah so i mean i'm going to be biased here and go with surah yusuf because i mean i'll, I'll build it up to that bias. <laughs> personally, personally for me i mean where can i start i mean it's, i don't know why initially when i was a kid um and this is when like you know I, I barely know how to recite the Quran, barely know my alphabets, right? I don't know why there was something about Surah Yusuf, even when I was a kid, just growing up. I just loved hearing it. Just loved re- like, you know, it coming up on my TV screen and like the translation. There's something about Surah Yusuf. So I think from an early age, yeah, yeah. From an early age, I just had that attachment I and I never could explain it. Then the more I started studying Arabic, Tafsir, etc. And when I first came across Surah Yusuf, I was just like, wow, like this is amazing, right? And I was just reading more and more and more up on it. And then that was one level. And then when I started teaching it, because when you start teaching, you're actually doing more research and studying than you ever were as a student, because now it's a yeah. responsibility. Like I got to I gotta cover as many classical commentaries, contemporary, I got to do whatever. So I'm reading all of these commentaries on Sarusa. And every time, wallahi, every time, you know, even if I was teaching the following year again, every time I picked it up and I read a new commentary or I reflected over it, I was learning more and more lessons. I remember there's one sheikh that visited us once while we were in class. And he actually told us that um, he did a PhD on Surah Yusuf and he found over a thousand lessons in the in the one chapter. Subhanallah. That's yeah, amazing. And I, I remember hearing that as a student. And I was like, are you being serious? Like, how is that possible? Uh, that surah wow. is not like Surah Al-Baqarah, yeah, where it's got nearly 300 mm-hmm. verses. Right? We're talking about a chapter that has like just over 100 verses. It's really not that long. And it's just a story. Come on, man. Like, it's not rulings and rulings. Only. And when a thousand I started teaching, lessons. A thousand lessons. And when I started teaching it, I was like, you know what? He is not exaggerating here. Like, literally, you can dive deep and find the most amazing, subtle lessons within that mm. story. So, so and, and, and that's, my, so that's my personal perspective. But to give the answer from the Quran, is Surah Yusuf as well. Because Allah tells us, Ahsanul Qasas, that you know, one of the best of stories and narratives in the whole Quran, Allah says, is Surah Yusuf. He tells us this at the beginning of That's Surah incredible. Yusuf, right? So, I'm I'm not exaggerating here when I say Surah Yusuf. Now, the question is, and this is the golden question everybody asks when they first start mm. reading, why Surah Yusuf? Though, 
Why did Allah pick Surah Yusuf, right? Why is it that we all have this natural love for Surah Yusuf? I'll tell, tell you why. And, uh, you know, these are some of my personal um, findings. Number one, let's let's do exactly what you and I have been doing throughout our conversation today, right? Which is we've been trying to relate it back to the life of the Prophet, right? The first audience. Yeah. So let's think about when was Surah Yusuf revealed in the life of the Prophet, right? Let's let's think about that. Now, when you read up in the in the background of the Surah, you'll actually find that when was it revealed? It wasn't actually revealed at the very beginning of the Makkah stage. So let's firstly clarify, it is a Makkah Surah, meaning that it was okay. it was one of those stories that was revealed before migration in the early days, right? Now, this Surah was actually revealed, or even if it wasn't revealed at this point, it was even if it was already revealed by this point, but it was around this time where we all know the year of sorrow. We all know Amul Huzn, right? When yeah. the Prophet ﷺ, he lost his wife Khadija, he lost his uncle Abu Talib, the people Quraysh were driving him out. He went through Ta'if, he got stoned by them. And this was like a time where it was literally known as the year of sadness and grief. Like it was the worst, one of the worst years of the, in the life of the Prophet ﷺ, right? And similarly for the Muslims, the Sahaba at that time, they were going through lots of difficulties. Just seeing the Prophet ﷺ like this, that's going to affect you. And then yeah. on top of that, your own family, you know, people around you, they're just going against you. They're, they're chaining you up. You know, they're not letting you practice your faith freely. All of that is happening, right? And Surah Yusuf, subhanAllah, was actually a surah that was revealed around this time. Mm. So the surah that the Prophet turned to and found peace and comfort in, at, you know, during his years, the most difficult year in his life was Surah Yusuf. Again, the question still is why though? Why Surah Yusuf? And you can only understand that when you read and study the surah. Because think about Yusuf alayhi salam, right? Yeah. Yusuf alayhi salam, he was, you know, he had this attachment to his father and he was separated from his father, Yaqub alayhi salam. And his own family, his brothers, we know, threw him into the well. And he mm. ended up in a foreign land. Like he went from his village to Egypt. And he's literally by himself and he's having to settle there. And he's accused of being all sorts. And, you know, it's like this rise of Yusuf. We learn this rise of Yusuf, right? And then you compare that to the life of the Prophet, exactly the same happened. His own family and people went against him. He ends up in a foreign land, Medina. He has to migrate. He's driven out, right? You know, he's accused of all sorts as well. Okay, he's separated from his family members. He lost family members around him. And and all of that, it all ties back with Surah Yusuf. So it's as if Allah was telling the Prophet, I know you're going through a lot. And you are my beloved and you're going through so mm. much and, and you know but look at your brother before you yusuf look at your brother before you yaqub uh, have you have you been through what they've gone through yusuf he went to prison you know he got thrown into a well you know he he, he was separated from his father for many many years right you haven't gone through actually what yusuf has gone through right and then when the prophet heard, hears this he appreciates his blessings and his life a lot more now and I think that's the key as well. When we're going through a difficulty, what we end up doing today is we end up looking, uh, you know, like above us. Like we end up looking at the people who are doing really well, right? So we go on social media and when we're going through difficulty, we see the meals that people are eating or the holidays that they're going on or the lives that the they're living. The relationships like, that people are having and they're like, I want that. I want to yeah. live there. I want to eat that. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. One, one thing that you were just saying, when you were going mm. through the problems that Yusuf Salam faced, you know, being separated from his father, being uh, attacked by his family members, yeah. you know, all, all of these different trials that he went through. SubhanAllah, I'm quite confident that a lot of the listeners right now are like, hold on, I'm facing that. Yeah, I'm going through that. You know, this is something that I'm facing right now. And they're looking for yeah. answers. And maybe yeah. it's, you know, reflecting on Surah Yusuf is what's going to help you find some answer, some solution, some comfort, exactly. inshallah. Yeah, inshallah. And, you know, likewise, you know, when I, throughout my life, when I've been going through mm. difficulties, when anyone I know that's been going through difficulties, when they've turned to surahs like this and stories like this, you can always relate to it. That's what a story does, right? That's why we love stories, movies. Why mm. does everybody love watching movies? Because you relate to the character, you know, you're like, oh, that, that's just my life right there, you know? I, I'm so like that character. And when you look at Yusuf Ali you're like, oh my God, that's me, Right. And again, something else, by the way, I love about the story of Yusuf Islam is it wasn't all just doom and gloom. Like, of course, the, the majority of the story is actually one trial after the other, one thing after the other. Like, you just think he's come out from the well and that's it. Yes, he's saved. And then the people that take him out from the well are actually a bunch of, you know, travelers that want to make a quick buck and they sell him yeah. as a, literally as a slave, right? 
And they're like, oh my God, he's gone through that. And then again, there's hope because the person who buys him, right, who purchases his freedom is the minister of Egypt. And he is like mm. the top, you know, the top governor of Egypt, right? And you're like, yeah. And then what happens? He goes into the palace and then the minister's wife tries to literally seduce him. And he's going through and he ends up in prison, right? You know, he's like one thing after the other for Yusuf Islam. And then in like, you know, uh, like simultaneously, Allah takes us back to what's happening in the home of Yaqub as well. Like, let's not mm. forget about Yaqub. He's also suffering. He's lost his eyesight because he's cried so much, right? Like, he lost his, his eyesight. And again, like think about those lessons that we can apply today, like those difficulties. Um, Yaqub, he was crying and he lost his eyesight. You know, like that that might teach me a lesson. Like, oh, Yaqub, he's a man and mm. he's a prophet and he's crying. But I thought it's not good to cry. You know, I thought. Yeah, I didn't even see a, it from that perspective. Yeah, I thought as a man, firstly, from a man's point of view, oh, you shouldn't be crying. You shouldn't be showing your emotions mm. too much, right? And then, secondly, from a prophet's point of view, isn't that against sabr? You know, we're talking about sabr. Isn't the meaning of sabr to just bottle everything in and to to just get on with things and to be strong? But you, Yaqub broke down so much that for years, and we're not talking about days, for years. He was crying and crying so much that he lost his eyesight. Like he went blind because of that. So is that is that right? Of course it's right because we're talking about a prophet, okay? Mm. And secondly, the lesson that we can apply today is crying or becoming emotional, right? That doesn't negate sabr. That doesn't mean that you're not being patient. And that's a mistake that a lot of us as Muslims make. So we bottle in our emotions and we know that, you know, feeling sadness, feeling upset, feeling anger, these are natural human emotions. And when you bottle those in, and you suppress them, a time will come when you can no longer bottle it in. It would you just snap, right? Because we're humans and we can't you can't physically do that. It will literally lead to things like depression if you don't deal with it properly. So what we actually learn from Yaqub and that we can apply today is oh, a prophet was able to cry. So that means I'm allowed to cry, I'm allowed to be, you know, of course there's you know, there's like certain barriers, there's certain, you know, restrictions within that you can't start wailing and things like that, you know, certain mm. actions. But just generally crying, feeling upset is okay. But that doesn't negate it. So we learn the meaning of sabr from the story of Yusuf, which actually means as long as you're, you know, you can let your emotions out, whatever. But as long as you're not complaining, you'll never find Yaqub he complained. Allah, why are you doing this to me for? Why are you picking on me all the time? He never did that. That's the meaning of sabr, that you don't question Allah's decree, that you're not complaining about Allah, but rather you complain to Allah. So you raise your hands and you say to Allah, oh Allah, I'm going through difficulty. Please, please help me out. That's what Yaqub ends up doing. So do you see, like, you know, I can, you know, I can spend uh, this whole episode, bro, like, just going through one lesson after the other. You know what I mean? Well, but these well, it's are a good job that you've written a book about it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And and so I guess that... What was the motivation behind the book? Was it because you wanted people to reflect on Surah Yusuf only? Or because mm. you wanted them to use this as a stepping stone to get closer to the to reflecting on the entire Quran? What was the motivation behind writing this book? Yeah, I think it's it's a number of things. So, so definitely number one is that the same love I had for Surah Yusuf, mm. I told you growing up and then studying, and you know, I had I just alhamdulillah, Allah blessed me. I had the privilege of studying and then teaching, which which I know coming back to the ninety five percent, the ninety five percent don't have that. And mm. as I was teaching, I could see the students the way that they were affected by it, and they were like, "Wow, we've never connected with the Quran on this level. Like in English, it's being taught." And I'm not just I'm not just learning the Quran, but I'm learning it in a way where I can apply it to my own life, and it's, it's it's very relevant and contemporary. It's not just the same old lessons. Like you're just being told, yeah, be patient. It's okay, brother, sister. Mm. Just be patient. It's actually like real. Okay, this is it. You just face betrayal in your life. You just like you're being like a young man. Yusuf was being. He faced the temptation of a woman. That's mm. a real like thing that a lot of young Muslims are going through today, facing temptations of the opposite gender. You see, Yusuf faced that. So we can apply it like that. And, and likewise. So for me, my my objective was, you know, uh, you know, it's not fair to just say to the 95% study and do the same thing. You know, you can't all do that. So and I looked, by the way, I looked around resources wise, you know, yeah. let me find something. If there's already stuff out there, I, you know, I'll, I'll be the first person to just promote that thing. I'm not going to mm. try and, and something else, right? I actually went out of my way over the years to find something on Surah Yusuf, right? In English, okay? I'm not saying there's, there isn't anything, but 
it is more catered, in my opinion, for the 5% than the 95%. It's all yeah. like commentaries, you know, use of like, you know, technical terms, jargon. Yeah, you have to have some grounding to read yes. those books. Um, so for me, I was like, no, something needs to be written for the 95%. Right. Uh, and, you know, and it just so happened, by the way, that the majority of the, the book was written during the pandemic and the lockdown. So it was like we were all going timing, kind of. Yeah, we yeah. were all going through difficulty. And it just so happened like a lot. Like it was a plan. It's something that I've been planning for years and I've been studying and teaching and getting advice from my teachers from. It just so happened that because of the lockdown and the global pandemic, like I had more time. Everybody had more time. Right. Because you're not mm. going out and stuff. And I managed to finish the book during the pandemic itself and I just felt like that was just the icing on the cake like I was going through difficulty at that time myself because of COVID like everybody else I feel like it's just perfect timing you know for this book so that was like do you think sorry do do you think the pandemic Hmm. allowed you to reflect on Surah Yusuf any differently to how you had previously reflected on Mm -hmm. Surah Yusuf yeah yeah you know what definitely definitely like Mm -hmm. I think that put everything into perspective like you know there's a difference between uh again something i always speak about there's a difference between like you know text and reality yeah right something where you can write you can you can read a book where it's telling you to be patient right Mm. you can read a book where it's telling you um to 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 be strong uh, and resilient but then when reality hits and you have to do it yourself i think it's 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 a different ball game so it's text versus reality that's what i like to call it so i think the the up until the pandemic it was a lot of text 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 and then i think when it hit and everybody was just you know it just took everyone by surprise i think that's when reality hit for everyone and i I just genuinely feel like this book itself is you know just couldn't be perfect timing and and it's not just the book by the way it's just generally speaking it just it's sort of use of is so perfect right now if you're going through that difficulty and you need some guidance it's one of the best sort of to just turn to because like we said, the Prophet experienced one of his most difficult periods in his life. The year was so yeah. difficult that Surah Yusuf helped him. And we've just all, all gone through a year which has been so strenuous upon us that we can also turn to Surah Yusuf for, for guidance. So I think that's the number one motivation for me. Do you, um, So it, coming back to how it's been written, obviously you, you, you looked around, you couldn't find anything that you could comfortably encourage others yeah. to reading unless they were you know at, at, at an academic level right mm. so i take it that the book that you've written it's in a very simple format easy for everyone to what what age group would you say are going to be able to easily connect with this book yeah so so the book itself basically the way it's written is uh, i didn't you know look so i didn't retell the story it's not just like mm. me translating the quran and telling the story everybody kind of knows the story you can find the story anywhere anywhere yeah. but what i did was i the book itself is is actually called A Beautiful Patience. Um, mm. And that was named after one of the most profound statements in the surah, which is Sabarun Jameel. Everybody's heard of Sabarun Jameel. It's, yeah. it's, it's a beautiful patience, right? That's how you translate it. But again, it's, it's text, right? It's on paper. It's like Sabarun Jameel. Okay, yeah, yeah. May Allah grant you Sabarun Jameel, right? May Allah grant you beautiful patience. But we're not, we're just like, what does that really mean though? When it mm. comes down to it, what is a beautiful, how can patience be beautiful? Patience is something that's like, really you know puts you down brings you down um so that it was it was inspired by Sadr Jameel right because that's the main theme of the surah and what I did was I it's actually it's actually breaks down 40 life lessons from Surah Yusuf so each chapter is one one lesson from the surah and there's 40 of them why 40 again that's that's a whole other discussion in and of itself right uh it it was a good it was a good mark it was a good round number and also actually in our tradition subhanallah 40 is a big thing because if you you come across hadith um there's actually many hadiths uh commentaries or compilations that are like 40 hadith 40 hadith of Nawawi, 40 hadith of so and so so i stuck to 40 so anyway 40 life lessons from surah yusuf um each chapter is is a is a relevant lesson like overcoming difficulty or um, having dreams, right? Mm. You know, like having aspirations and goals and dreams. That's how I formatted it. And really, there's no like age. I wouldn't like. I don't like to put an age group on this because the way it's written, like there's no Arabic. There's very minimal Arabic terms. There's no actual Arabic okay. in there. It's all so a new Muslim could easily pick this up and read it exactly. and dive in. New okay, Muslim, you know, young professionals who have anybody, uh, you know, of course, not like very very young children. You'd have to sit down yeah. with them. But generally speaking, it's very broad. 
And that's the way I wanted the book to be, inshallah, for anybody to be able to pick it up and reconnect with the Quran and say, you know what? That's one chapter I can comfortably say was the beginning of my journey to understanding the Quran better. It's not the it's not the be all and end all because there's only one book. There's so many other yeah. things to learn. But it's 40 key timeless life lessons that we can apply today. And that's the way that I've written it. I've tried to relate it back to the seerah. I've tried to give real life examples of us today, right? And as well as, uh, of course, the story has been told throughout the 40. So it's also done in chronological order. So the lessons mm. and the story is told in that manner from beginning to end. You know, I can see a lot of people utilizing this book and connecting with it. So like you said, you've written it in a very, uh, it's, it's an easy to read language and it's not a direct translation. You're, you're giving, uh, you're emphasizing on the lessons. So I can see new Muslims reading this. I can see non-Muslims reading this. I can see parents reading this and then, you know, giving that advice to their children, maybe like one lesson a day kind of yeah. thing or over the months, etc. But I can also see, Muslims who have been brought up in Muslim households but have never really uh, been focused on their, uh, on, on their deen. They've never really been focused uh, on, on practicing, so to say. But now they want to reconnect. And, you know, yeah. time and time again, they've been told, read the Quran, look at the Quran, look to the Quran for your solution. I think mm. this is going to be a brilliant, a beautiful uh, way for them to come closer to the Quran, come closer to Islam as well. And I think yeah. the key, uh, the key thing that you've done is you've written it in a very easy to read language, because I think that's something that people often find intimidating. You know, reading these words and not really understanding what the what the meaning is behind it. You've broken that down for them. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. So now the big question: How how do we get a copy? <laughs> so 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 this is something Hunter I've been working on for some time now. Um and you know there's there's a whole there's a whole process you know, as you would know behind the book itself. And for me the yeah. most important thing was um getting it reviewed beforehand by my own teachers and other scholars. You know, it's not something that I rushed and, and did. So now Alhamdulillah we're at a stage where the book is ready um and it is available inshallah for pre-order. Um, right before, and we did it, you know, right before Ramadan as well, alhamdulillah. Um, so, you know, it, it, it will be good. I mean, so so as you all know, pre-order doesn't mean that if you order the copy, you're going to get it immediately, right? So it means that you can get your, you're going to be the first to get your hands on the copy. And then inshallah, as soon as it's ready and, and, and officially published and printed, it will be first, you know, first and foremost uh, distributed to, to yourselves. So inshallah, it's available for pre-order. We actually are running like a launch good campaign um, for the pre-order. Inshallah. Um, so it's it's live as we speak, alhamdulillah. Um, oh, brilliant, mashallah. Yeah, so it's it's on launchgood.com forward slash Surah Yusuf. Very nice and simple. So if you head over there, you can actually um, pre-order a book right now. And the way that we've done the book also, by the way, like I was very particular. So I made sure like the book itself, like is, you know, it's hardback. It's a very premium kind of copy, like something you can easily gift to anybody. Yeah. Right, um, you know, your friend, your loved one, non Muslim neighbor, anybody, right? You can literally gift this it. This is the perfect gift, yeah. Honestly, this is yeah. the perfect gift for so many people in so many mm. situations, yeah. Alhamdulillah. So, so you know, we've done it in that manner, we've really put inshallah, we've tried to do it with ihsan and, and, and as much excellence as possible. Mm. So, you can get your own copy, and there's also an option to actually gift it to someone else, um, and there's an option also to like you know, distribute it to different like organizations or even individuals who like need it the most because you know it's something that helps people inshallah or will help people um come out from some difficulty or connect with the quran so those are your options you can literally head over to to the link um and and you know pre-order a copy of the book now and inshallah within the next few months you know after ramadan etc once we finalize a few things uh, you guys you know if you support the campaign and you're supporting you know a, a book that is of course not going through a publishing house or company either um it's, it's done independently so it's really supporting that getting helping us to 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 get everything together and then get it out and you'll be the first to to, to have a copy so inshallah i'm i'm so excited uh, i know i've spoken so, to you about this before as well um but this I, is bigger you, you just made this a lot bigger i didn't realize how big this was now so okay. this pre-order campaign has to be successful right so we need yeah. this pre-order campaign to basically print this book so yeah, that yeah. means that anybody who goes and pre-orders now, they are basically helping to establish this book. Exactly. May Allah reward them. That I is mean, a beautiful I mean, reward. I'm exactly. heading over to that site. Inshallah. It's a struggle with, the, with you know, doing things independently. 
right? You know, it's 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 you got to do everything literally yourself from printing and all of that. So, inshallah, like like you said, you know, it's there's a greater objective here, which is if you can help us get the book out and establish it um, yeah. independently, then what will happen is, you know, once the book is out there, then it's just gonna, inshallah, you know, help other people to to get hold of the book as well and their own copies and hopefully inshallah it's it's you know it's it's a means of spreading knowledge and helping people connect with the quran inshallah, inshallah. and uh, i know this is something that you're very passionate about you know mm. so passionate that you want to do even more work uh, yeah, yeah. around uh, the lessons from surah yusuf so i i think there's a, a series coming up as well so this is on top of the book so yeah, series coming up with Ilmfeed. Can you tell us a bit more about that, inshallah? Yeah, so so actually, what we've actually done with Ilmfeed is um, we're, this Ramadan also. So keep an eye out. We've actually filmed recently um, an entire series um, where it's. I mean, it's not it's not as big as the book itself, but it's at least you know I'll, I'll give you some I'll give you some insight. It's going to be ten episodes, um, and again, it's each episode is covering one gem and one life lesson from Surah Yusuf. So again, very relevant. Um, and again, that's going to come out in Ramadan. So you guys listening right now, you're the first to hear about this. We haven't told anybody. Um, only some some team members from Ilmfeed know about this. But inshallah, keep an eye out. It's going to be 10 episodes throughout Ramadan. It's been beautifully filmed as well in, in a way that you, you, you'll you be able to really appreciate it. Um, so there's that as well. There's the, there's a series coming out in sure. Ramadan and there's, there's the book opportunity as well. So it's, you know, Ramadan is a month of the Quran, right? So we encourage you to read the Quran, but we're trying to encourage you beyond that to try and connect on a more personal level um and i think reflection honestly is again with this ramadan is going to be another it's going to be another one in between right you know it's better than last year inshallah because of the lockdown you know it's been eased slightly masjids hopefully would be open but it's still we're still going to feel it right it's still not going to be the same as going out and and seeing everyone and so on so it's still going to be quite to yourself this ramadan and i would just say as 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 sometimes as as disheartening as that can be just make make the most of it because you've got more time to yourself use that time to reflect over the quran inshallah and it will really help you i promise mashallah i was gonna ask you to end with one piece of advice for ramadan but i think you just said it there which is to use this ramadan to reflect and you know yeah. uh, we've heard this time and time again ramadan is not just a month to go through and then leave behind you know, you take what you gain in Ramadan and continue with that throughout the year. And if you're yeah. able to learn uh, the techniques of reflection, subhanAllah, it will change your life completely. Um, and I think that, you know, once people start reading the Surah Yusuf book, once they start tuning in um, to the uh, series that you've made, I think it's going to really help them uh, develop that key skill of reflection. So sure. alhamdulillah, uh, the we the website again to pre-order launchgood.com forward slash Surah Yusuf. That's right? correct. It's yeah. live now, my brothers and sisters. So make sure you head over there. Make sure you subscribe to Ilmfeed as well if you want to be kept up to date with the uh, Surah Yusuf series that we've got coming out soon, inshallah. Uh, we'll start any final words before we uh, end this podcast. No, thank you so much for 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 hosting me, inshallah. Uh, you know, you, you you're a great host, <laughs> mashallah. You should definitely look at doing this uh, full time. Oh, uh, wait, are you residing uh, or something? Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to connect with the with the Ilmfeed family, alhamdulillah. Um, you know, and if you if you can support this campaign and this book then it would mean so, so much, uh, inshallah. So may Allah bless, may Allah bless you all. And uh, may Allah, you know, accept this upcoming Ramadan from us. Ameen. Ameen. Jazakallah khair, brothers and sisters. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.